is a weird one. Yeah, this is a weird one. What do you? I, I like. I like how you still think that I can be shocked by how bad your poetry is. I think it's adorable. Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008 when I was in high school. Each week we hear a selection read aloud for what is probably the first time, and we examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I'm dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, um, I think it's our 30th episode. Oh, I I didn't get you anything. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure if it is our 30th, so if it isn't, this is awkward. Well, I think the more awkward part is I think I've only listened to three episodes of the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To be fair, I like your stuff in this podcast, but hearing my own voice is truly insufferable. (laughs) Read your poem, Dave. No! You can't make me! It must be so bad. It really is. Okay. Uh, This poem I wrote... Last Sunday afternoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was prepared. Naps, the greatest of creation. I bet you love them too. A little time for great restoration. As long as your kid doesn't jump on you. <laughs> Again, the autobiographical poems. You know, they're it's all I can on. do. Yeah. It's all I can do. And I loved that. It rhymed. It was an ode. There were meter, or there was a meter. There was a meter. Oh, so we we come to a, a, another poem in the Wolf Journal. Is on the opposite side of a chip mask. The title of this poem is "The Observer." I keep to myself and watch the world from day-to-day occurrences and events that shape the lives of many. I watch them unfold. My opinions are kept deep within me, as I am a friend to all, those who seek my observations of this mindless maze we call life. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Again, it's just... I see everything, and I'm smarter than you. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty bad. And the worst part is, grammatically, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, I'm struggling to to weave this. It just falls apart. Yeah. So, uh, first impressions, it's um, a mess? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I will say there are things in here that I thought, again, it felt like they were going to lead to a rhyme or like there was a pattern of meter that occurred for like three words in a row. And I thought, oh, man, there's going to be meter. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just that's pure coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, kind of reminds me of how I write my sermons. I'll just start going and then all of a sudden I'll I'll hit a rhythm and like three sentences will rhyme and I just leave it in. And so people just experience like 
guerrilla poetry in my, <laughs> in my sermon writing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I I think guerrilla poetry might be my new favorite. Like that, I'm I'm uh, taking that for my band name. There you go, guerrilla poetry. So I have a term I looked up because okay. I was so kind of upset with myself on this jumbled mess of phrases. Mm -hmm. And the word that I found uh, through poetryanalysis.com is called hypotaxis. Okay. Taxis as in like taxonomy. Yeah. Yeah. So hypotaxis is the arrangement of constructs in grammar and it refers to the placement of functionally similar, although unequal constructions. Okay, so say it in English. Okay, so the example that poetry analysis used is the cage bird sings. Hmm. That is the main clause. Everything following that is a subordinate clause to that original statement, and it adds to the meaning. It adds to it, Dave. (laughs) This thing that I wrote has clauses. Sure, it does. That I think destroy all sense of coherence. (laughs) Because I have, I keep to myself and watch the world. That's our main clause. Mm -hmm. And then I try to elaborate what I'm watching. The day-to-day occurrences and the events that shape the lives of many. So the common things that happen around my life and my friends. And then the big overarching world events. Right. And I watch them unfold. My opinions are kept deep within me. That's our next main clause. Then I try to explain why that is, and it just goes off the rails. This next line, I think, is my favorite, as I am friend to all, because what I want you to do is add in there bird and beast, or or something just as, like, pretentiously meaningless. Oh, yeah. And then it's those who seek my observations. I sound like some guru sitting on a hilltop or something, just like waiting for people to come to me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, yeah, it's pretentious and yet an awful poem. I, I think the confusing thing for me in this poem is your final, like, idea doesn't really go anywhere like the uh my opinions are kept deep within me i understand that you're holding things close to your chest Mm -hmm. i am a friend to all those who seek my observations of this mindless maze we call life so you're a friend to all including the people who come seeking this wisdom from you uh about the world and life But that doesn't mean anything. Like, there's no verb in there. Yeah. You would assume it would be like, and I explain it to them. Or I I do my best to make sense of the weirdness of the world around me. But it's just, no, people seek my wisdom. That's that's it. That's it. I don't do anything. That's it. That's all. But Dave, could that frustratingly vague ending be an example of my opinions are kept deep within me 
I don't complete the thought because I'm keeping the opinion to myself. See, I feel like on this podcast, I used to do that. I used to be an advocate for you. But <laughs> over time, I've learned so much about your high school psyche. That is just like, no, that's not what you were doing with this poem. You kind of just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> so I have things okay. that might be able to salvage this mess. And by salvage, I mean like sink it entirely. There you go. But putting this in conversation with a chipped mask. Okay. I mean, they're, they're side by side on the page. And we get this very, very brief line in a chipped mask of, but it's chipping and friends begin to worry. So I had this very brief mention of friends within a chipped mask. And here I'm talking about how I am now keeping my opinions to myself even though friends are asking me for him. Right. So my theory is I was being maybe especially pessimistic around this time, or I was being extremely kind of grumpy or dire in my observations of the world. And my friends who just wanted to talk to me or seeking my observations were kind of done with hearing me. (laughs) So I I am no longer the speaker. I am only the observer. Oh, okay. I think that actually helps me to see a little bit more clearly in this. Because, yeah, you're you're still hiding behind a mask. You're not talking about the mask in this one. You're talking about how you're hiding. Mm -hmm. You're essentially saying, like, I'm paying attention. I'm seeing things. And I, I have opinions. I have ideas but I'm not going to share them because I'm still hiding. Yeah. Again, it could just be an extremely pretentious and crappy poem, <laughs> but I do think it could be an extremely pretentious and crappy poem about a kid who's hiding and trying to understand the world in high school. Right. It's both. It's both. Both yeah. and. I don't think there's any problem with that. All I'm saying is you're very bad at poetry, said with love, and a little bit of disdain for the fact that you've made me listen to your podcast, be on your podcast. You're on, you're actually on this. You you do realize that. Again, and you don't actually make me listen to it because I don't. I know. (laughs) So, yeah, I think uh, putting it in conversation with the chip mask is the only way to salvage or, or scuttle this gracefully. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, can we get anything out of this discussion? <sighs> um, I feel as though this is just another discussion of hiding and kind of masking and uncertainty. Just you think you know what you're talking about. Again, I say this with love. Uh, you don't know, or you didn't know what you were talking about. The observations of the world are still pretty opaque to, I'm going to say, everyone. Because me watching the news, I try and understand as best I can. And then I tell someone my opinion, and then they correct me because I haven't thought of all the implications. Because of course I haven't. Because, well, nobody would be able to understand all the complications. It's almost like we need each other. Whatever. Again, this is why we have you on the podcast. Because I love that. 
I think you have saved this episode. Booyah! Yeah, even this morning, something broke on the Twittersphere that basically was like, ha ha, stupid people were wrong about this for sure. years or whatever. And it, it it is one of those legitimate moments where it's like, okay, so something we have observed and had opinions on is still a developing story. Right. As everything always will be. As everything is. And there are so many layers and facets and so many other ways. There are so many other stories mm -hmm. that can be put in conversation with it. And so we get those moralistic comparisons like, oh, but this side, but that side. And a whataboutism? A whataboutism. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. The whataboutisms that we see thrown around sure. were all practicing observers right and i kind of like the this i call it a mindless maze i mean we hit dead ends we hit corners in the road where we don't know what's gonna lie ahead yeah. and i think s struggling with the implications of not knowing yeah are we comfortable with that well and it's not just about not knowing it's also about discussing with people who have views different than our own. Mm. When we when we are just an observer, when we hold our opinions to ourselves, when we don't talk about it, and I actually mean that, I mean talk about it and share ideas, um, we, we will never learn. We'll never see a different perspective. We'll never get a more full understanding of what's going on around us. It'll only be, well, I know what's going on. I'm the observer and I am friend to bird and beast alike. <clears throat> You're welcome. But yeah, we, we need to talk these things through. And I feel like that is a great lesson for us in high school. That would have been a great lesson, but also that is extremely true today that there are a lot of people who are willing to share their opinions, but then they forget that they also have to observe other people's opinions as well. So you're saying rather than being the observer, we are an observer. An, 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 an you have an, to say an, because it sounds like you're saying we're unobservant. That's very true too. <laughs> <laughs> Your your pronunciation is leading us down a path. <laughs> Admitting that fault as well can be very helpful at times. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah, we got an idea. We got an idea. <laughs> we've made we've made some observations. And now we can hear from you. Yeah. If you have your observations around this podcast, this episode, this mindless maze that we call life. You can email us at uh, <sighs> mybadpoetry.thepodcast.gmail.com or you can tweet us at mybadpoetrythe1. We'd love to hear from you and, and join in this conversation so that we can better understand ourselves and the world around us. I want to make fun of you, and I will make fun of you for that later. But I think that was a really good way of putting it. Good oh, job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dave's stamp of approval. Eh, I wouldn't say approval, but, you know, acceptance. Well, we'll see what you accept next in this portion that we call Good or Garbage, Dave. (laughs) That was the worst transition ever, and I love it. (laughs) That was terrible. Thanks, yeah. So, you've talked about scuttling this poem a couple of times, Mm -hmm. and... I had to think through how I would understand how we could scuttle this. In nautical terms, there are four words for things that are discovered at sea. There's flotsam, jetsam, lagon, and derelict. Flotsam is something that's floating on top from a wrecked ship. Jetsam is something that's been thrown over from a ship. Lagon is something that's recoverable under the water and derelict is something that either you cannot recover or there is no need to recover it because there's nothing of value there oh oh can i guess can i guess (laughs) (laughs) derelict yeah derelict (laughs) thank you (laughs) i didn't realize that zoolander was making a play on nautical terms that's yeah. amazing day isn't that weird yeah and then jetsam you jettison off the boat exactly i'm i'm learning things like the french jeté to throw i should know that yeah mr uh, i know french i i don't know french i should know french hey aaron's I, sister I, who speaks french please uh i was gonna say write in <laughs> I believe, I believe that you might be able to get in touch with us somehow. And you can make fun of me for my terrible pronunciation of the French. Write us with pen and paper. Quill. Quill quill and parchment. parchment. (laughs) (laughs) And send it adrift across the... (laughs) We need some flotsam and jetsam going across the sea. Well, if it makes it better, Flotsam and Jetsam are also the eels from uh, The Little Mermaid. Wow. Yeah. Is that how you know these terms? No, I was reading Castaways of the Flying Dutchman. Uh, Brian. Oh, Brian Jakes. Yeah. Yeah. I have his autograph. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) There is some reference to it when I was reading it in high school and I looked it up then. And for some reason, it's it's right there in the front of my brain for whenever I need to talk about (laughs) it. ships and the things that fall off of them well it was helpful today (laughs) and never again we're gonna end this week with words from a true poet this week coming to us from ella wheeler wilcox the poem is called solitude and i think it is a better demonstration of both the thought and an example of hypotaxis so Laugh and the world laughs with you. Weep and you weep alone. For the sad old earth must borrow its mirth, but has trouble enough on its own. Sing and the hills will answer, sigh. It is lost on the air. The echoes bound in a joyful sound, but shrink from voicing care. Rejoice and the men will seek you, grieve and they turn and go. They want full measure of all your pleasure, but they do not need your woe. 
Be glad, and your friends are many. Be sad, and you lose them all. There are none to decline your nectar wine, but alone you must drink life's gall. Feast, and your halls are crowded fast, and the world goes by. Succeed and give, and it helps you live, but no man can help you die. There is room in the halls of pleasure for a large and lordy train, but one by one we must all file on through the narrow aisles of pain. I really like that. I do too. It reminds me, uh, have you heard the song, uh, When You're Smiling? The when you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. This is my grandma's, uh, one of her favorite songs. Oh. And it just, it makes me happy. And yeah. I feel like that, whole, the opening of, uh. Laughing, the la world laughs with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to remember. Again, it's that whole concept of we can't just be an observer. We have to take part in this and share around with the world because we have to be a part of this world. Yeah. Part of your world. Oh, gosh. Yes. That is my second Little Mermaid reference. <laughs> this has been my bad boy. <laughs> now go write some of your own bad poetry. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a good opportunity. Rhyme free does matter. It's my best poetry.